Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. If you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to be preaching to you from different passages today, but I guess you could say that would be my main text. And it's Ephesians chapter 3, um, verses 14 uh, down to, I think it's verse 21, I believe it is. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. We welcome you here in this time right now, Lord, to just accomplish your plan and your purpose. God, forgive us as a church that would come and if we'd ever want to come and just be entertained, but God, our heart would be that we can experience you and engage your presence because it's when we engage you, Lord, and experience you, Lord, that's when our life is changed. And God, we need you more than ever right now. God, I stand before you today, Lord, just to admit to you, God, I need you more than ever. I'm desperate for you. I depend on you for everything. And Lord, may that be the prayer of every one of us gathered here today, that we would depend on you and just lean on you for everything that we need. God, we ask right now that your glory would just be manifested and your will would accomplish everything that needs to be accomplished in the hearts of everyone here today. Lord, if there's anyone here lost, I pray that they would be saved today. If there's anyone here today, God, that's spiritually dry, I pray that today they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, do it right now for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Feel me, Lord. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, uh, at the beginning of January, I started a series. We all started it together. Uh, as the Lord has been leading us, called Focus 2020. Focus 2020. Look to your neighbor and say, focus. Tell them to focus right now. They need to get focused. And so this thing about being focused as we go into the new year, listen to me, friend. As we go into this new decade, we need to be focused on Jesus more than we've ever been before. Come on now. We need to be focused on Jesus more than we ever have before. We need to be focused on Jesus so we can continue to grow spiritually in our walk with the Lord and so we can become more like him and that we can walk uh, with uh, power and authority and that we can be uh, strong Christians. Don't you desire that for your own life, that you would continue to grow? Uh, Newsflash for you, hello, you have not arrived yet. There's always more with God. And so there's always another level to go to with the Lord, another experience deeper with Him. And the Lord wants us to stay focused on Him so we can become spiritually strong and that we can continue to grow. So He can use us to impact the world that we live in. Not so we can stand here and clap and say, look what God is doing in me. No, so we can go out into the world and we can be light and that we can make a difference and we can win people to Christ. That's what it's all about. Listen, we need to make sure all the distractions that we have going on in the world today that are are vying for our attention, those, those distractions that will attempt to pull you away from your walk with God, friend, more so than ever, we need to make sure that we're focused on the Lord. 
We need to be focused on the Lord so we can grow. So over the last uh, few weeks, just a quick review, the Lord's been talking to us about some things that we need to focus on as we go forward in our walk. We need to make sure we learn that we need to stay focused on heaven. We need to focus on heaven because that's where we're going to be for eternity. And aren't you grateful today there's a place called heaven that Jesus said that he's prepared for us? I hope heaven's in your future today. I hope heaven's in your future, friend, because listen, heaven is a real place, but guess what? Hell's a real place too. And if you willfully reject Christ and the offer of salvation, the Bible says that we will be separated from him and we'll find one day that those that have rejected the offer of salvation through Christ alone will be in a place called hell for eternity. God, don't let anybody here go to hell. I pray they know heaven's in their future. We also learned that we need to stay focused on the word of God. Friend, we need to know the word of God. I shared some very uh, sad uh, information with you a few weeks ago about the people in our world today, even church people that don't even know the Bible. We need to know the word of God because the word of God is the sword that you fight with. And if you don't know the word, then you're walking around without your weapon. And guess what? The enemy is going to take you down. So we need to make sure that we know the word of God. So we got to stay focused on the Word of God. Uh, are you reading your Bible? Are you reading your Bible every day? I'm not talking about uh, your verse of the day. That's great. I'm talking about you getting somewhere and you're getting in the Word and you're meditating, chewing on it. And let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly so you can stand strong and stand firm as you spend time in the Word of God. I hope you're in the Word of God. Pastor John, last Sunday, I heard he preached a powerful message on being focused on unity. And friend, we need to be unified if we're going to go together reaching this world for Christ. Amen. Amen. So we need to be unified. And on Wednesday nights, I've been preaching some on being focused on faith and being focused on prayer and being focused on fasting. And by the way, thank you so much for every one of you that have been participating in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Listen, I, I, wish I, had, I wish they would give me uh, at least two hours up here for each service. There's so much I feel like God would want to say to us. But when the 21 days started, friend, I started praying a special prayer over my life that God would just show me some things. And I prayed every day. This, this, this one little phrase, this one little phrase, I was praying to the Lord. And, and day by day would go by. And sometimes I feel like I won't sense anything or, or encountering anything from the Lord. And then this past Thursday, I went on a prayer walk and I started praying that prayer. And by the time I got home, the Lord gave me the answer that I wanted. Hallelujah. He gave me the answer. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And my walk turned into a little quick. We really want to jog. It was a fast walk. And I got home and wrote down everything the Lord was telling me. And I'm so grateful how he spoke to me. He just reminded me that he's still there. And he still speaks. Aren't you grateful for that? And so thank you for participating in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm believing God has revealed some things to you and spoke to you as well. And glory be to God, today when the sun goes down, the fast is over with. And we can all get back and uh, the Goldsboro to Krispy Kreme. Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe not. So there's some things that we need to focus on. Just bear with me for the next few minutes and just be receptive to what God wants to do. We need to make sure that today as we go forward in this new decade that we focus on the power of God. I said that we need to focus on the power of God. We need the power of God in our life. 
I was reminded of this even, it was a couple of years ago, I had some uh, friends of mine that invited me to go play with them in a golf tournament. Now, they must have been real desperate. And we went to that tournament, and they asked me, how do you play? I said, I'm usually always three under. One under the water, one under the tree, and one under the golf car. (laughs) But they still let me go play with them, and while we were there playing on that golf course, I believe it was at Lakewood, and while we were playing there, I saw something on the golf course that you don't normally would that you would normally not see. And down the uh, cart path came a cart with nobody on it, and here it come. But there was two men behind it pushing it. They were pushing the cart. They were pushing the cart because the cart was dead. The the battery or whatever had gone bad, but the cart was dead. There was no power, and they had to push it. They had to push it. And it was a comical scene, but I was thinking about that, how the Lord dropped that in my heart over the weekend, that it reminded me of the sad reality of the church in America today. It's a sad reality of the church today because there's churches in America that are dead because they have no power. They have no power. The church really represents these two men that are behind this thing pushing uh, this cart to try to get it to where it needs to be and how guilty is, are we today in many churches where man gets there and we try to push it along with our own strength and we try to push the church forward in our own strength not relying on the power of God. Paul told Timothy, if you remember, he said one of the marks of the last days, he said there's going to be a religion that's going to be without power. That's what he said. He said, you look around, and if you want to know you're in the last days, look around, and there'll be churches that'll have a form of religion, but there won't be any power there. He said, some will have a form of godliness, but they'll be denying its power. And Paul told Timothy, he says, you have nothing to do with them. And my prayer is, Lord, help my first PH church to never go around with a form of godliness denying the power of God. Lord, help us not to ever try to get behind the church and try to push it forward in our own strength, but that we would always rely on the power of God. We need the power of God in our life. But I think if we were all honest today and admit, there's probably been some times in our life when our walk with God that we've lost our focus on the power of God. We've all been guilty of it where we've lost our focus on the power of God. And when you lose your focus on God's power, let me tell you what the indications will be. Let me tell you what it'll look like. You'll start walking around discouraged. You'll start walking around defeated. You'll start walking around in fear. You'll start walking around with insecurities. You'll start walking around with all these issues. Why? Because you've lost your focus on the power of God. And Paul... The Apostle Paul, he was moved with a deep compassion. He had a deep concern for the church because he realized that they needed to always focus on the power of God. So he reminds the Ephesians here in Ephesians chapter 3. He reminds these believers that, listen, he was getting ready to pray for them. He says, listen, if you're going to endure and you're going to press on through the storms of life, you're going to need the power of God in your life. And isn't that so true today? If we're going to endure, if we're going to press on when those things come at us in life, we need to make sure that we have the power of God in our life. He went on to tell them, Paul did, he says, listen, not only when you go through life storms are you going to need power to endure. He says, but if you're going to do all that God has called you to do and all God's called you to be, you're going to need the power of God. You're not going to be able to do what God's calling you to do in your own strength. You're going to need him to give you the strength. 
So Paul begins to say, listen, these are, these are the things I'm concerned about, and I want to pray for you, and listen to this prayer. I would encourage you to make this your prayer every day. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 says, for this reason, Paul's speaking here, he's praying. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. Sometimes we just need to get on our knees, amen. He says, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, listen to this, that he, God, may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith he says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. That's the picture of the cross. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you, listen to this, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who was able to do abundantly more than we all can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Is his power at work within us? I pray it is. He says to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul said this. He says, I pray. I'm talking to these saints and and he's concerned about them. And he says, and I pray for you that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And that God would do abundantly uh, more than what you could ever imagine according to the power that's at work within us. That's what Paul's heart was for those believers. And that's my heart for every one of us today. That we would all experience the fullness of God. And that we would have the power of God working within us. Don't you desire that today? And so he begins to pray for them. And in this prayer, there's some things that we can pull out and be reminded of. And Paul is reminding these believers that you're going to receive power, but it's not going to come from you. The the source of the power you need comes from God and his spirit, his Holy Spirit. And he begins to tell us that, listen, God is the source of your strength today. Listen to me, friend. Whatever you showed up with today, no matter what you're going through, you need to remember that God is the source of your strength. The God that we worship, the God that we serve, the God that we love, the Bible says that he is all-powerful. He's all-powerful. Omnipotent is the word they use in the scriptures. That means all, all-powerful. There's no one as powerful and awesome as God. He's all-powerful. The psalmist in 147.5, I got it on the screen here. He says it like this. He says, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. If you look at that uh, phrase, mighty in power, it means he's all powerful. The psalmist is saying that God is mighty in power. Aren't you thankful today that the God that we love and the God that we belong to is an all powerful God? The Bible says that, listen, he's all powerful. He is creator. You open up the the book in Genesis from the very beginning, and what does it say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and God created the earth. Just think about that. God is our source of power. The one that is our creator created the heavens and created the earth. And you go, listen, your homework is to read Genesis 1 when you leave here uh, and go into uh, your week. Read Genesis 1 and you'll be encouraged. But this is how powerful God is. Listen to this. He he spoke. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, I know we got some people in here that you, you, I mean, I know you got it going on. I know you got some gifts from the Lord. But when is the last time you said, let there be light and there was light? 
God is almighty. He, it even says there in Genesis 1 that he made the sun and he made the moon and he made the stars. And then he, then he, it says the Bible, it says he set them up in the expanse of the sky to give life and light to the earth. Now, I know we got some strong guys in here, but can anybody do that? It says that he created man in his own image, the image of God. He created the male and female. Listen, when is the last time you, you created somebody? The last time I created anything, it was a mess. But not God. He's all-powerful. If you just stop and think about it, listen, we serve an all-powerful God that holds, the Bible says he holds everything together. He holds it all together, friend. We can't even grasp with our minds how great and powerful God is. Jeremiah tried to say it. He said, he made the earth by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom. And he stretched out the heavens by his understanding, friend. He made the earth by his power. Our God today, listen to me, the source of our strength, the source of our power, it comes from a sovereign God who is always in control. Don't ever think God has lost control. He's in control, he knows what he's doing, and he's all-powerful. Can you say thank you, Lord? Hallelujah. And there's no limit to the power of God. There's no limit to his power. He's all-powerful. And Paul reminds us in this prayer today that the God, the source of our power, that, that, that power is available to us. That same power is available to every one of us today. He says this power, I want it to be the fullness of God through the power at work within you. And there's a promise today. There's a promise today of power for God's people, the church. Aren't you grateful for that power? You remember in Acts chapter 1, I think I have it on the screen talking about God's power is promised to us. When Jesus was speaking in Acts chapter 1, he said this. He told his followers, he says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You just sit there and you wait and don't, don't you go anywhere. You just tarry there and you wait on the Lord and there's a promise coming to you and that promise is power from God. We read in Acts chapter one, if you keep reading, Jesus told him, he says, I want you to wait here and tarry here because you're gonna receive that promised power and he says, listen, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're gonna be my witness in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You, 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 sir, you, ma'am, you, you, all of us, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're going to be a witness. You're going to be a witness all over the world. Praise the Lord. Listen, friend, I want you to understand me this morning. We have this God who's all-powerful and his power is available to the church today. We have this promised power. Listen, when they were in that upper room at, uh, there out of Acts chapter 1 on the day of Pentecost, when they came out of that room, they were filled with the power of God. They were locked away, afraid, in fear, living in fear because of what they were going through. And now because they were filled with God's power, they walked out of that room and they had a testimony. Their testimony uh, demonstrated that they were walking with God's power in them and through them. The early church walked in God's power. They didn't walk around like many of us walk around today. Woe, was a, woe to me. Lord, I'm, one, more, one more thing comes my way. I'm done. 
I'm just trying to hang on till Jesus comes. And, and there's some truth to those things. But that's not what you see here in Acts chapter 1. When they came out of that upper room and they were filled with the power of God, they walked around with victory. They walked around as overcomers. They walked around strong. They didn't walk around in fear. They walked around and they were witnesses to the world. And God, let that be, let, let, let that be our testimony. Don't you want that to be your testimony today? Let that be our testimony today in these last days that we would walk around with supernatural ability. Listen, I think sometimes we forget that we serve a supernatural God and we always flow in, in, the, in the natural, but God wants us to live in the supernatural. Well, I'm glad we got one that believes that. Hallelujah. God wants us to walk in supernatural power and let that be our testimony. I want to, be a, I want to have a testimony of known of walking around in victory, walking around with strength, walking around with courage as an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let that be our testimony today. That when people see us when we're at work or when people see us at school, they'll be like, what in the world's going on with that man? What in the world's going on with that woman? How can their life be so drastically changed? May when they look at us and see us, they'll be wondering, how in the world can such a person speak with such boldness and such authority? May when they see us, they wonder, how in the world can they stand so strong and have such great faith when everything in the world around them is crumbling? How in the world can they do it? Let that be our testimony. that they, We can say it's because of the power of God. that We have the power of God. And friend, listen to me. We're living in a day where we need God's anointing upon our lives. Come on, church. We, listen, we need the anointing of God upon our lives. People want to get in your face and, and argue and debate about Christianity and, uh, and debate this and debate that. And, and we, we're, we, we're more interested in getting into argument, but we need the anointing. We need God's anointing upon our lives so we can go out and we can be a witness. And I'm telling you right now, I don't know if it's something the Lord just keeps pressing in on me as we go forward in time. I don't know what it is. But I really sense in my heart and my spirit that there's coming a day where we're going to sense an assault and a pressure to compromise and to tolerate sin like we never have. It's coming to us. And there's going to be a line there and you're going to have to make a decision on which side you're going to be on, friend. And are you going to have the power of God and be willing to stand for what's right and stand for God? You will never stand when you try to stand in your own strength. And you'll need the power of God to help you to stand as the, as the pressures come and as the assaults come, as the wave of persecution comes. We, listen, they, they experienced it in Acts when they were threatened and they were able to stand because they had the power of God. And some of you have already experienced it and are going through some things now. But listen to me, friend. You need to be able to stand, but you need God's power. As the world gets darker and darker, as the world starts to get dark every day, the question is, who's going to be the light? Who's going to be the carrier of light in this dark world? And my response is going to be, it's going to be those that are filled with the Holy Spirit who have the power of God that can be a light in this dark world. God, help us to be filled with the Spirit, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
That should be our cry right now, friend. Listen, that should be our cry. Instead of crying over this and crying over that and, and getting all and having a temper tantrum over what's going on in Washington and all around us, our cry ought to be, Lord, give me power. Give me power in my life. Make me powerful, Lord. I need your Holy Spirit. Fill me, Lord. That should be our cry today, to cry out for this promised power from God. And Paul, he was concerned. He was so concerned about the church that they had lost focus. They had lost their focus, and, and now they were, instead of tapping into the power of God, they were even people denying the power of God. And friend, if we ever get to a place where we're not walking in the power of God and we're denying God's power, we're going to become a weak church. And instead of being a church full of courageous warriors, we're going to be a church full of cowards. And if you read in Revelation what the Lord says about cowards, you know it's on a list right there with those that are thieves and drunkards and homosexuals and all those that will not make it there for eternal life. Cowards are there. And I'll be the first to tell you, friend, there's been times in my life where I have been a coward. I was with a friend just a few days ago, and, and there's this guy that we come in contact with on a regular basis, and we've been, we've been praying for him, but we can't figure this guy out. He's crazy. And you can't really have a conversation with him, and it's like he, he, he's going to have the last word, and, and, and he just kind of gives you a hard time, and he knows, he knows I'm a preacher, and he just, I think he just steps his game up when he sees me. And the other day, my friend and I, we were going to go there, and we knew we were going to see him. I said, today's the day, but I'm going to talk to him about the Lord. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him. And we got in there, and he came out there where I was at. I never said a word. One, things won't quite right. You have to be sensitive sometimes, but I, how many times have we been cowards? God doesn't want us to be cowards. Listen, friend, he wants you to have his power. His power will make you bold. His power will give you courage, and you'll be able to speak and share the love of Christ with people. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. Have you ever gave anybody Jesus like this right here? <laughs> I'm just playing. God help me. God help all of us not to be cowards. Listen. At Mount Olive First Pentecostal in this church, I declare right now we're going to be a church of courageous warriors. Come on, we're going to be a church full of courageous people, people that are willing. Come on. We are going to be courageous. There's going to be times when we're going to feel weak and we need the power of God, just like I went through with that friend and that guy I was talking to. Listen, but we got to be courageous. Lord, help us. I'm telling you for yourself and for me, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I need your power. Don't you need it? I need your power, Lord. Paul said, listen, he said, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of what? Power and love and self-control. That power that's mentioned here in Ephesians and the one that's mentioned here in 2 Timothy, that's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That same power is available to us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to each and every one of us here today. 
And we need to stop looking at our own self, trying to do things in our own strength, and our own power, and we need to rely on the power of God. There's no excuse today, listen to me, there's no excuse today why Christians should be walking around dry and dead spiritually. We should look. I know things get rough and I know they get tough, but there should be always something inside of us that's always joyful and praising the Lord because we have the power of God. And we should walk around alive. Come on, not walking around defeated and depressed and discouraged all the time. If you're saved and you know Jesus Christ and he's filled you with his Holy Spirit, you should be walking around in victory as an overcomer. Some of y'all need to come on to the altar right now. We need... God's power. We need God's power moving in our services. We need God's power. Every, not just every, every time we come together, whatever gathering it may be, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit because when the power of God is moving, guess what's happening? Souls are being saved. Lives are being changed. People are being baptized. People are growing in their walk with the Lord. When, when, when God's spirit's moving, people are outside the doors of the church and they're witnessing and winning people to Christ. When's the last time you witnessed or won somebody to Christ? God help us today. When we, I want you just to think about this. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were walking around that area there where those 120 believers were gathered in that room. 3,000 people, some of them were probably church folk. I mean, they were going through the, to the temple and they were going through an, uh, their act of worship and they were just going through the rituals, going through the rituals day by day, day by day. They were just playing church. And then some of the other ones may just have been lost and didn't even know who God was. But all I can tell you is when those 3,000 came around and those 120 came out of that room, when those spirit-filled believers were moving by the power of God, it says one man stood up and he preached the gospel. And when he did, 3,000 of them gave their heart to Christ. That's what the power of God can do. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. Are you believing this morning? I pray that you are. These spirit-filled believers, they were when they came out of that room with the power of God, they were witnessing and winning people to Christ and 3,000 were saved. And maybe that's the reason today that most of us are not witnessing. Maybe that's the reason today that most of us are not winning people to Christ is because we hadn't been to the upper room. Have you been to the upper room? That place where you can connect to the power of God as the Holy Spirit fills you? The upper room is right here at this altar today. The upper room can be your bedroom at home. The upper room can be your living room. It's wherever you can get along with God and just tap into his power. Could it be that we're not witnessing and not winning people because we have not been to the upper room? Some of us need to get there quick. We need to get there quick. We need to be filled again and again. Listen, I'm telling you right now, just because you went one time, you need to keep going, friend. The Bible says be filled, be filled, be filled. That's a continuous thing. I need it. I need to be filled every day. We're leaky vessels. 
We go through things in our life that drain the power out of us and we need to be filled again. Friend, make it a priority in your life to get to the upper room. I hope you're receiving this this morning. I really do. I feel like there's a a resistance almost. I pray right now you're receiving the word of God. Make it our prayer today. The Lord, fill us. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come. Help me out, brother. Fill us, Lord, with your power. Isn't that what we need to pray today? I want to just kind of close here and... I, I. I hope you know my heart because I'm concerned about the church. I'm concerned about the church, this church, especially because God's called me to pastor this church, and I want our people walking in the power of God. I don't want anybody to get taken out. I don't want anybody to fall. I want everybody to walk in victory. I want them to walk as overcomers. I want you to be able to walk in your work or walk in your school, and you'd be so full of the power of God that people notice there's a difference in your life, and they reach out to you so you can witness to them and win them to Christ. That's what I want. I hope you desire that for your own life. God's power. He's the source. And that power is available to us. And I'm just going to close right here with some really, really good news that's going to bless some people. When I was studying about God's power and researching some things through the scriptures, you know what I discovered? That in every dilemma that God's people were in, God's power showed up and was displayed. How many of you have ever been through a dilemma before? Raise your hand. See, I'm going to be in a dilemma today when the sun goes down. I got to get to Goldsboro and be back to teach Sunday school tonight. I was in a dilemma yesterday. Pastor Kevin and I were invited to go speak at a conference in Benson. My brother did a fabulous job. God is using this man. It was a wonderful word on worship. We give God praise. Amen. Great job. We walked into that conference getting ready, and they said, we got a few things prepared. If y'all want to walk back to this back room and walk back there, and there was chocolate donuts everywhere. <laughs> oh, Lord, I need your power. <laughs> Feel me, Lord. Give me strength. Think about it. Dilemmas are things that are difficult for us to go through. When you're caught between a rock and a hard place, anybody ever been there before? Some, some of you showed up this morning, and that's where you are. You have a major dilemma going on in your life. I got some good news for you. God's power will be displayed in your dilemma. Let me tell you why I know that. If you keep reading here in the book of Acts, it says there that, that uh, Peter and John, they were threatened, their life was threatened, and they were told you better not ever use the name of Jesus and you better stop or else. And what did they do? That They go back to a prayer meeting, and while they're there in the prayer meeting in Acts chapter 4, they begin to pray and call on the Lord, and it says that the place there was starting to shake, and they were all filled with the power of God. They're in a dilemma, and God shows up. And gives them power. Aren't you grateful, man? Think about that. Paul and Silas, when they're in prison, 
They're put in prison because of their faith. There's a day coming, friend, when the pressure and the assault's going to come, and we're going to find Christians that are going to be put in prison. And here they are in prison for their faith. And the Bible says that the place started shaking. It says there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and the doors opened and everyone's chains came off. Man, they were in a dilemma. But God's power showed up. How about at the Red Sea? Them people were in a dilemma. Pharaoh coming in from behind and the Red Sea in front of them, but God displayed his power in their dilemma when he opened up the Red Sea and they traveled through on dry ground and swallowed up the enemy that chased them. I could give you a whole list of things. How about Daniel in the lion's den? And that was a dilemma. He's in a dilemma there and he's in the lion's den, but God displays his delivering, saving power. How about the blind man, the lame man, the possessed man? All of them in a dilemma in their life and God shows up and delays, uh, de uh, delivers and them out of the dilemma. How about Lazarus, the dead man? Now that, that's a dilemma. He's buried in the grave. But Jesus displays his resurrecting power in that dilemma. I want to tell you this morning, friend, God, listen to me, God's power can break any dilemma in your life. Any dilemma that you're in, his power can break it. You, you may be here today and you're in dilemma of addiction. God can break it. I don't care what it is, pornography. It don't matter if it's alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, gambling. He can deliver you. He can break it today. Aren't you grateful for that? He can break that dilemma of addiction. He can break that dilemma of depression. He can break that dilemma of fear. He can break that dilemma of lust. He can break that dilemma of sickness. He can break that dilemma of bitterness and, and anger and that temper that you have. God can break it. His power can break it. Hallelujah. He can break it. Because my Bible tells me that this all-powerful God, that there's nothing too hard for him. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. God is your source. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And he wants to empower you so you can keep walking, displaying his glory. And he'll work in every dilemma of your life. I, I'm telling you, man, he'll work in your dilemma. He worked in mine Friday. When I thought everything was getting flipped upside down, God showed me something. He said, no, son, I'm working. I'm showing a miracle is going to be done, and I'm going to work right here in your daddy's life. And he did. He showed us some things that we, my dad was dealing with. We had no idea, but God revealed it. Hallelujah. God is faithful. God is faithful. And I could just keep going on and on. But we need to pray today that we would tap into the power of God. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I want to have an altar call right now. I, I really felt impressed, to be honest with you, on some things to pray for around this altar. Because I feel like that some of us are at a place where we just want to give up instead of pressing on. I feel like some of us struggle with endurance. I feel like we just... You know, and, and the reason I say that is because I feel the same thing. <laughs> you just don't, sometimes you're like, man, I don't know. I don't, even, I don't even want to be a part of what's going on right now today. I just want to be somewhere and be by myself and let me have a little cake and ice cream and wine a little bit. But that's not how God intended for us to live. 
He wants us to have power to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Look to your neighbor and say, keep going. Keep going. Keep going in the power of God. There's some people here this morning that are going through some dilemmas in their life. If you have a dilemma going on right now, I want you just to lift your hand up high. Don't look. Go ahead. Lift it. Step out. Step out. I want you to come. 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 Come to the altar. Come to the upper room. Come to the upper room. If you're here today and you need God's power to fill you, I want you to come to the altar right now. I appreciate the obedience of every one of these people coming right now. I really do. I, I, I know what some of them are facing right now. I know what some of them are going through right now. And there's some major dilemmas going on, but I'm here to tell you that God is able to do far above what we could ever even think or imagine. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I need every prayer warrior here in this house. I'll need every elder, every councilman.